In a world where the vast majority of internet traffic is video content, how can we leverage the creation, production, and value of video to maximize return in sales? In this episode of Camcast, I'll be talking to Ed Lawrence, video marketeer and co-founder of Business Film Booth. Ed has produced over 10,000 videos for businesses in the UK, and in January 2019, he set himself a goal to release three videos a week to his YouTube channel to teach people how to write, produce, present, promote, and edit videos so that he can help more people to take advantage of the medium. I'll be talking to him about the returns that salespeople can get from making video content, how business leaders can maintain brand image and professionalism through quality control, the power and the value of the video testimonial, and to get his top tips on strategy, process, and the required kit to make great video content that yields massive returns from your most important customers. Welcome to Camcast. I'm your host, David Ventura, a key account management consultant at camguru.com. In this podcast, we explore the strategies, systems, and skills you need for effective key account management. We talk to expert guests and business leaders, sharing the tips, tactics, and techniques for looking after your most important customers. This is Key Account Management Made Easy. So, Ed, thanks for joining us. Uh, welcome to Camcast. You are the guy to talk to when it comes to creating video content. So let's just kick straight off by asking you what video content works and what doesn't work. That's a good question. I'd say the, the content that works is simple. It's had a bit of time and effort and thought and planning put into it. And the content that doesn't work uh, hasn't really. So to give you an example of what I mean, um, you've probably seen the sort of video where someone just sits in their car because they're outside a meeting and they've got a few minutes, so they decide to make a video to put it on social media. It generally doesn't work because it's just off the top of their head and doesn't really have a strategy or any sort of end game to it. Whereas someone who might sit there, have a point to their content, think how can I make this as useful and valuable to people as possible, and then present it in a way that's professional and good looking, put the time and effort into things because you know you tend to find if you put time and effort into things, they're better than when you don't. And that's the difference between usually video that works and, and doesn't, time. But, okay, I'm saying but. I'm saying but straight away. I feel like I'm defending uh, now all salespeople and account managers up and down the country who are saying, well, time, Ed, is the one thing we don't have. We keep being told how powerful video content is going to be and how we should be creating content to add value for our customers. But I don't have time. So maybe all I can do is sit in the car and record a quick piece of video that I can upload to LinkedIn. So, And you're telling me that that obviously doesn't look professional. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Actually, I think there is a balance to be had between professional looking content and authentically created quick content. What would your top tips be? How could you achieve the latter? authentic but professional okay so you want to know how to do this with less time basically yeah <laughs> well i wish I <laughs> so knew. is that, is that <laughs> a big question is that a big question it's a matter of priorities isn't it at the end of the day you can make good content some people can anyway just riffing off the top of their head it's rare it's certainly not the way to start what you'll tend to find is people will try it that way watch it back and go oh no this doesn't work i don't know where i sound or look I'm not coming across as i want and then they don't use it and how much time has that wasted? Because there was nothing that went out. Whereas if you put a bit more time into the planning and so on, there's less likely to happen. You're, less likely to, you're more likely to use it and you're more likely to get a result. But what I would say is 
this is practice. So let me give you an example. When I started making videos professionally, I'm going to use a quotation thing. <laughs> yeah, you can't see me yeah. saying that on yeah. professionally. So when I first started out professionally, my first video took me 16 hours to edit. Um, wow. For me to edit that now would take me an hour, an hour and a half, uh, because I've got used to it, systems and processes. I had been editing for a while when I started as a pro, but you know, you have to work out how to speed things up. So for my own video production, I release three videos a week to my YouTube channel and one a week to another YouTube channel I have. And in order to keep up with that demand, it's all about strategy and planning. So I will write all my content and I will batch it. So I may dedicate two hours one morning to write as much content as I can, then two hours another morning to film it and then the time to edit it and so on. But if you look at it like this, if it takes me an hour or 15 minutes or half an hour to set up the video, the light, the mics, and I record one, and then I record 10 over the next month, I've wasted 10 hours in setup. Whereas if I can record 10 in one session, I've got those 10 hours back. So you can get time back by being structured in the way that you make content. And I think that yeah, it's priorities, isn't it? It's it's saying I don't have the time to do it, but valuing it, and I'm sure we'll talk about the reasons to value it more at some point today. Uh, value, valuing it is something that once you've put the grunt work in at the beginning, yeah. over time it should get easier and faster and better and slicker. And And much like anything else, actually, within the account management world, having a structure and a process is going to save you a hell of a load of time in the long run. It might take a bit longer to get set up in the first instance, but sure, certainly will payback and dividends going forward. Let's talk about the value then. So what could we expect to, because I think that, look, when I hear the word content and I think about video, there's a danger that I think this is a marketing thing. This is all about brand awareness. This is about getting people to be more interested in us and what we do. And as an account manager, perhaps I it could be easy for me to think that's someone else's department, someone else's job. We talk a lot about adding value to your existing customer base and using content as one of those pieces of value, what, what's the value I'm going to get back? What's the return on my time investment and potentially as well a financial investment in new kit? Perhaps it's software, hardware, whatever, even just a camera. Maybe I need that. Um, and we'll talk maybe about some of the options in a minute. But what, what kind of value am I going to get back from this investment? That's interesting that you said content is seen as marketing, because if I were to pick uh, between using video to build one strong relationship versus marketing. I would pick using video to build one strong relationship every time without fail. Right. Because it's not actually that good for marketing. <laughs> it is, but you know, awareness and things like that are a real long-term project. When you make a video to build a relationship with the viewer, let's say it's one of your key accounts and you put that effort in and they see you and there's the body language and you can really have a much faster return on investment than you could ever have with putting content out in an attempt to get new clients. So that might be just sending them a quick message. You know, this, you know, hi John, we haven't spoken for a while. I noticed ABC on your account. I just wanted to show you three ways that you could maybe get more use out of this and, and so on. So it's almost like ongoing training, but just bringing that rapport building back in and adding yeah. more value to your clients. So that's probably the quickest return you can ever get with video because especially in the early stages, think of the onboarding process, or even if you're just trying to land a new client, um, making them feel heard, valued, you know, you can't do it with a social media post. They'll watch yeah. it and go, that was good. 
maybe I'll get in touch with this person, uh, but they're way more likely to respond positively to a content made specifically for one person. So that, that's where the return is. And that's what I tell my clients as well. When they ask for, when I ask them what their goals are and they say they want to generate leads, I usually point them straight away at making a video as part of a pitch because that's going to make them money straight away. Whereas social media posts, generally people speak in front of the camera, you won't see return for a very long time possibly ever <laughs> that you so, can actually measure granularly. So you're, you're talking about essentially one view videos. We're talking about videos specifically for an individual, right? That's right. Yeah. Because everything's automated. Nothing's personal anymore. You know, think, think about if you hand wrote a client a letter to say thank you. It's handwriting a letter, which years ago would have been normal. Now it's kind of seen like, wow, this person really cares. It's a similar thing you're doing with video here. It's letting them know that you're willing to put the time and effort into communicating with them in a way it's more creative and more personal and they do value it a lot. Nice. And I, I love this idea of, uh, of uh, you know, three top tips for how to use our solution better or uh, I notice you haven't logged in in a few weeks. Have you, have you seen this new feature or uh, whatever it is, depending on what your product is. Um, and it's amazing, I suppose, how much of a response you might get almost immediately from the customer. Uh, we hear a lot from account managers that, uh, it's really hard to get hold of their key contacts. Perhaps they're busy doing other stuff. Responding to a personalized video, perhaps that, that sees the chances of a response go through the roof, does it? Yeah. So if I use an example of a client we did some training content for a while ago. So they sell hospital beds and every time they sold a bed to a new client, or even if it was like an upgrade, they had to go and teach the hospital staff how to use it. So it was always a day. Every time, no matter where they were, it pretty much took a day of their time. They filmed it. They then gave people the option, would you like us to come and do one-on-one -on -one person training or give you this video? Everyone took the video. People have been learning it better in their own time. And every time the play button gets hit, he gets a day of his life back to put into other areas of his business. So yeah, you might have to make the content, but you can get clever with it. So, you know, if there is a new service you've got, film a generic video, but top and tail it with an introduction that feels personal. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the, another great way of using, you know, personalizing stuff that is for a mass market. When we think about video and creating content, there's obviously some effort that goes into the structure, as you've said, and, and coming up with a format that is repeatable and a bit more scalable. How do we ensure that we don't lose brand and I guess professionalism along the way? You know, if uh, if we were printing something into a brochure, that it would probably go through several hoops of quality control and several people to decide what it looks like before it's allowed to go out to a customer. I get the feeling that video probably won't have that level of quality control. So what, what can we put in place to ensure we get some brand professionalism uh, maintained? Yeah, it's a really good point um, because at the end of the day, you know, even if you had a dodgy leaflet made, they're not going to send it to two million people. <laughs> you know, digital assets can go around the world pretty quick. So keeping the quality high for me is very important. I personally don't believe that people should be shooting videos on their phone. I think it's a great way to get into it and get used to it. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people tutting going, oh, you know, I, <laughs> I think, I, think I raise my eyebrows there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only, and I'll tell you why. I think it's because obviously phones... You know, you you know me fairly well, Ed. You know that I am. Uh, I think we're called eye sheeps. Uh, you know, everything I've got is Apple, and and the and the iPhone camera is pretty good. 
And I'm thinking, well, that's always in my pocket, which means that I can reach for it and create content wherever I am. It just feels easier than having professional kit. But uh, so I, I feel a little bit, you know, aggrieved that you would say phones are not good. So, no, that's fair enough. You, you make a good point. I'll take that. <laughs> but the problem isn't the iPhone itself. It's the situations and the way that you use it that is the problem. So the, the temptation of making a video because you can is strong. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should. So let's let's look at it in a different way. By all means, use your camera on your phone, use your webcam, but create a safe place to use it, a structured place, a creative place that isn't, you know, in the kitchen or so on. So, you know, I, I, right now the, the whole world's reshaping their offices. You know, mm. Why not turn one of your old rooms into a setup, set and forget go studio where you've got a nice camera that you just turn on it's plugged in, the lights come on, they're all ready to go, the mic's there, mm. you sit down and you talk. Because at the end of the day, yeah, iPhone image looks good. It will never beat and it will never give the same perception that buying a DSLR or a mirrorless or a, a small compact camera with a, a lens that you can take on and off that drops out the background and gives that effect. The iPhone tries to do it. It's not quite convincing enough yet, but there's a reason why I spend a little bit more time setting up my camera and I don't just use my webcam. And that is because the viewers can tell and it gives such a, a nicer look. So, yeah. all right, let's not say not don't use your iPhone, but think about maybe upgrading what the alternative and trying be. to create a look that, that maybe goes further and people look at it and go, oh, they've put effort into this. It isn't just their phone. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, um, it shows and especially if you're trying to build one-on-one relationships, it really does show if you've made something that's above what a phone can do. Yeah. Bit of a technophobe alert went off in my head there for anyone that's listening and thinking, he just said some really weird names that I don't understand. So DSLR, uh, mirrorless. Yep. Uh, I, I forget the other one. Uh, what, what, I don't know what it is you're talking about. Can you help <laughs> me out? What, what, what are these things that you're explaining? Okay, so all I'm asking people to do is to blur... <laughs> with these terms so you you watch tv or something the person's in front the background's blurred out right so a a dslr or a a mirrorless camera is basically looks like an old photography camera and they have lenses that you take on and off and they have different settings that you can play with to give different looks so it does sound complicated but really once you've got a look that works you don't ever have to change it because if you can control the light in your room like pull the blinds down and just turn on some lights it will look a lot better. So there is an element of front-loading some training here. Yeah. But again, I believe it's worth it in the long run. If we look at like when you bring a new client on board, you're front-loading all that support at the start. It's no different from when you're making videos, you're creating a system that looks professional and then you can hopefully over time get easier with. So it doesn't have to cost the world either. Well, let, you know? well give, me, give, me, give me some numbers. So let's, let's imagine now that I'm a uh, you know, small to medium business, but maybe I've got... Uh, 10 of my sales guys, my account managers are sort of in and out of the office. They spend, and I'm thinking, you know, post-coronavirus here, uh, you know, they're, they're back out, they're meeting people, they're hitting the road a little bit, but they're back in the office sometimes. You know, I've got some, maybe some uh, desk-based account managers as well who are office-based. So maybe I've got a good enough team to warrant creating a room in my office space that is your set and forget, go type sort of setup. What might that Sent me back. What, what am I looking to invest in in a, a decent enough set of kit? So one of the things, you can go and blast loads of money and spend 20 grand on it. But realistically, for a £1,000, I'd say between one and five, you know, five being probably more than what you need. 
Uh, for a thousand pounds now, the setup that I use, you could pretty much get secondhand. And that every, every Zoom I think I've ever had on it has had comments straight away. So she helped us win business. You know, people are asking us how we do it and then it leads into more conversations and so on. But it, it just, it's straight away. It's, it's that we're so used to seeing a video call that looks dark and the lighting's all funny and the sound's rubbish. The moment someone comes on and suddenly they put some effort in, it, it's, it really does stick out. It's not like a small comment. It's like, wow, how have you done that? That's incredible. This looks great. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sort of impression I'd like to be making as my business. And I think, especially for companies who spend so much on their brand and their image, this is where they should be now looking at and saying, this is letting down our business. Why can't we have a studio where people can just pop into or even get the guys set up at home? You, know, you can even set up an old GoPro if you want and use that as a webcam, which is better than most people's. Mm. You know, you're saying a thousand pound there. That still sounds a lot of money. And at the same time, if you think, well, one decent one view video to the right contact could drum up another 20, 30, 50,000 pounds worth of additional revenue, and it's paid for itself almost instantaneously. So this is about creating a structure and a setup that you can use all the time and, you know, rinse and repeat, if you like, right? Yeah. So to give you an idea of how effective this is when you do put the effort in and make it obviously the content great and, and the look as well, these videos never get one view, even though they're made for one person. They watch them multiple times. They send them to other people. My girlfriend made one recently to pitch to a big uh, corporation, like sports company. And um, it had one view and I said, look, give it a few hours. I bet it'll have more. It suddenly had 14, 15 views because they start to send it to people. Look what I've just been sent. Look what this person wants. And it's the same for us. I've done it with pitches recently where I've sent it to a client and then I've looked and it's had 27 views. Some of them are in Dubai because we can track it on our software. Some of them are in Ireland and they've sent them to their clients and they sent some people, which then actually got us more business. And this was just a result of people feeling like I'd gone and made the effort and then going, we should be doing this actually. And you know, when someone sees what, you know, they say make your marketing and communication so good, people want to buy it. In, that applies to key account management too. You know, make, make your account management look so good, people actually want it for their own business. Because mm. then you're starting to influence and then they're valuing you even more. Nice. And I guess when we talk about the, the number of views and, and the reach that these things could have, uh, it does beg the question, well, how long is it before this becomes the norm? How long is it before everyone's doing this and it no longer gets the reach because it's too normal? I mean, this technology has been around for years. It's never going to be the normal because people won't want to put the time. You know, everyone wants instant results. If something's hard, the majority of people won't do it. So it, you know, I, I'm constantly talking about this and telling people to do this. Do they do it? No, I, I'm just going to continue to show them more and more results and emails I get sent back from people going, this is the best, this is the best email I've ever received and stuff like that. I, I hold on to them. You know, I have people tweeting my personal videos to their large following saying, this is the best pitch I've ever received, wanting to share the video. Are people going to do it? No, of course not, because they have to put some time and effort in. So it's always going to be an opportunity for any business out there that wants to step up their game. It's, it's never going to become the norm. Well, let me talk to you uh, about something else about uh, video as well uh, that I talk to to our clients about, and that's the video testimonial. So we talk a lot about the power of a testimonial and the job description, if you like, of a testimonial being that of providing compelling proof to your prospects and customers that you deliver on your promises. 
So if that's the case, then what better way to hear it from other customers via a video testimonial? Um, I know this is an area where you ha- you help clients create great video testimonials a lot. And there's sort of two ends of the spectrum, isn't there? There's the one end of the spectrum where you can invest a bit in some great production and almost like a cinematic video testimonial. And the other end, which could be a lot quicker, cheaper, easier, and you could do it more frequently. Where, where do you sit on the video testimonial? What's, what's the best approach? The best approach is, like you said, it's proof. So at the end of the day, you just need to get it. If you've got budget to make it look good and turn it into a story, what that production value does and extra money you're spending is just add to the credibility. It's just, it looks like a really polished tool. You know, like people spend a lot of time on their brochures and so on that they give to people. It's like that. So actually at the end of the day, if you can can tell a story and I'm going to say the opposite now with a phone if you want, because all you're really after is the audio. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, you, you can, and, and we would always try and create some sort of story and make it more visual. So it does have this feeling of like, well, you know, these guys are the real deal. Look how cool this looks. And the story's great and the results are great and so on. But weirdly, the biggest problem of getting testimonial videos is getting the testimonial. So for we do a lot of testimonial video production when we go on site for people and, and produce it. It's a nightmare to get their clients to agree because people don't want to be in front of the camera. Mm. No matter if it's an iPhone or a proper production camera, they have to give up some time. It doesn't take very long. So I've seen some recently where people have done Zooms, like you know, they're, they're chatting to their client. Um, the problem has been the person interviewing hasn't been particularly charismatic. So you know, when I do a testimonial video for a client, we're not in it. No one's interviewing. It's just the client's story. Mm. So. And you'll also find that if you go to your clients and ask for a testimonial, they won't give you as good a testimonial as if someone who isn't involved with your business asks the questions because for some reason they close up. It's almost like they don't want to say too much to the point where we don't let, well, we advise our clients to not come with us when we make them for them because people just hold back. It's odd. So our way around all of this, and this is what we've done recently, is just call your client on zoom don't turn on the camera record it hold on to the audio and then you can turn that audio into a really simple video they work great on places like social media but basically you you can either edit it or just run it as it is get some subtitles done put the subtitles in the middle of the video brand it all up with your colors if you've got content available that is like say if you're in design or whatever and you've got loads of images from the process you use with the client you can use those images in there. You can use stock footage and so on. But that's the audio that you've got. You've got the proof. You can show a, a headshot of them or someone, and you can piece together a testimonial quite easily from anywhere now remotely. And people are way happier to give them. But the only thing is they don't look as good. But recently, the guy I was telling you about that sent my pitch video out to his different friends, he actually wanted a series of testimonial videos. And I said to him, he, we couldn't film one of them because they were too far away. He said, I really want it. So, so let's do one of these phone testimonials. And he said, oh, I don't, I don't like that. You know, they don't look good enough. He goes, I want what you sent me. He hadn't realized what I'd sent him was all phone-based testimonials with text and graphics supporting it yeah. because the story, it was what was pulled him in. So anyone can make them now. Um, it's helpful, you know, if you've got the, uh, somewhere to record the content onto and play with the sound and then edit it afterwards. But that's what I'd recommend. You could make 30 second short snippets from the interview. You could make a longer one, but they're, they're, they're pretty uh, powerful and effective. 
Nice. And uh, you've got some examples of this on your website. So, you know, maybe yeah, you yeah. can uh, get a link. I'll put that on the show notes uh, on camguru.com forward slash podcast. Uh, take a look at some of the examples on, on Ed's website. Um, we're talking uh, today over Zoom. Uh, Zoom is uh, man's best friend at the moment. <laughs> uh, Zoom sponsoring this. <laughs> Zoom are sponsoring this. <laughs> Other platforms are available. We have to say things like that, I think. Um, uh, and of course, you know, this is now our norm. And you've already mentioned um, today about the idea of perhaps using a more professional camera, even uh, instead of your webcam. What what would your top tips be for the tech required for a good Zoom call? What's your again? I'm using Zoom because it has become a bit of a verb, hasn't it? But yeah, uh, that's fine. Video like, platform like call. First thing was the mic. That's the first thing you want to address because you know, when when internet reception when internet slows down, they don't drop the audio first. They drop the visuals you can have a nice crisp call and the sound is really how people are taking information. So I'm currently recording on a professional, what's known as a condenser mic. And it's basically what you see podcasts get recorded on. And even though it's kind of very high up, it's in the sort of professional zone, it's 150 pounds. It's not really that much money in the grand scheme of things. You can get cheaper mics, but obviously the sound's different. Um, also what's cool is if you do get this, you can finally make that podcast you were thinking about making before podcasts were popular, uh, which is another benefit. <laughs> I might, I might see you later to the table. Yeah, no, it's fine. The, you know, the popularity is increasing. It's a good way to get your message out there, David. <laughs> <laughs> good backpedaling, good pack, backpedaling. So microphone, a condenser microphone doesn't need to be high end price. Actually 150 pounds is, is yeah, high end. Yeah, there's one called a Blue that, that Yeti. Is- that's quite popular. What you want it is to just, this, mine doesn't plug into a USB. I have to have another box that gets in the way. You don't need that. You can get Rode, uh, just a, I think it's called, I think it's called their podcast mic actually or something. Yeah, the Rode um, podcast. Yeah, that's it. And that, it just goes straight into the USB and the computer. Um, another option, you know, if you really have are tight up, not tight, hard up, sorry. <laughs> you can get these headsets, you know, like the call center headsets where, yeah. so, you could use them or you could get little lav mics. So a lav mics on those little mics that clips onto you. Okay. But, um, but pretty much anything other than the default mic you've got is usually better for sound. Yeah. I think someone once said to me that the, the, the challenge with the default mic in a computer or uh, a laptop is the thing that it's closest to is the fan of the computer. And it's probably going to pick up that as much as it is your voice. Is, is, is that fair? There's fans like off, like mine's up against a wall. Um, do you want me, I mean, I can, I could quite happily flick between mics if you want to hear the difference. Yeah, go for it. That's okay. So this is currently the microphone mic, and then this is the mic of my computer. Wow, yeah. Sound? Yeah, you can really hear the sort of echo of the room, can't you? That's it, yeah. So although you can still hear what I'm saying, it suddenly just sounds so much crisper, more professional, and the person means business, they've got a proper mic. <laughs> nice, nice. So that's, that's the first place to invest. Yeah, second. Place, I would say a light. We're not getting onto camera yet. So I have a very cheap light, uh, which I, I have a box of lighting that was a couple of grand sitting under my desk, <laughs> and, and that stays there. And I have a 30-pound ring light from Amazon with a pillowcase on it that I bring really close to my face, and it's small and compact, and it makes this really nice soft light. So basically soft lighting gets rid of all those creases in your face and all the blemishes and makes you look better looking. <laughs> why, why the pillowcase? Because if I take the pillowcase off, um, the light is harder 
And then what that will do is imagine a, a torch going into your face. It will suddenly get into the crevices more. It's like you can start to see the lines, the cracks, spots, things like that. When it's soft, it's almost like airbrushing yourself a little bit. So soft light is, is the one that you want. So yeah, you could, you could even use a t-shirt. And what happens is it diffuses the light and you might find you have to get it a lot closer to you. So I usually just have mine out of shot, but it just makes it look, again, that little bit slicker. And you only actually need one. So you can have multiple lights, but you get quite a cinematic look, like a, you know, like a, when they interview people about Hollywood films and they're sat in a, a room and it looks like they should be drinking whiskey and having a cigar sort of thing, um, which, which works on a nice bright background too. But you put it about 45 degrees in front of you, slightly above your head, pointing down, and it will just give this nice, soft, phasing shadow across your face. And what you'll find is even if you're using a webcam, that'll make a big difference. Um, and what tends to happen is people have the overhead lights on as well, mm-hmm. which lights coming down above you, they're not very flattering. So you turn them off, you get your cheap light in there. Um, and that makes it look so much better. Um, and then I would say you want to look at your camera, which then gives it the, you know, if, you, if we're talking about earlier, use a mirrorless camera or DSLR yeah. or something with a detachable lens, you put it on and you can have this nice crisp image where the background's all blurred out. And the benefit of having that blur in the background is it hides mess. You know, it, it turns things into splodges of color, mm. you know, so a bookshelf becomes a mysterious color and it just, you know, it, it just adds to it. And that's the finishing touch for me. That's the thing that really makes people go, whoa, but all those things combined do it. Because all of this stuff about making it look good, it sounds like it could sound a little bit vain, right? It's like, well, why do yeah. I need, I'm, I'm having a business call. Why do I need to look good? And yet we wouldn't dream of turning up to a face-to-face business meeting without thinking about what we're wearing, whether what we're wearing is suitable for that customer. You know, if depending on what industry you're in, you might think about whether you've you know, cleanly shaved that day or, you know, at least sort of groomed the beard or whatever it might be. It's you, you got your image is important offline. Why shouldn't it be important online? And I also think there's something about one of the biggest blockers to uh, not just video content and creating content, but actually getting on a video conference call is that people don't like the way they look on camera. So anything that you can do to make yourself look better on camera will help you feel better and therefore get you on camera and in front of customers a lot more. Is, is that in your experience? Do you, do you, do you find that? Is, it, is, it, is that the case? Yeah, 100%. So most people make videos and never use them. We had a terrifying stat a few years ago about the amount of people that actually put their videos on their website. Something like 80% of people haven't. <laughs> this is videos we've made. This was a while ago. And when we spoke to them, you know, there's lots of excuses to not do it and so on. But you just wonder, there's nothing wrong with the content, but you just wonder how much psychologically they struggle with looking at themselves. Yeah. You know, the first thing we hate is our voice. So I'm so used to hearing my own now. It's fine, but it is weird. You also see a sort of a bit of a shell of yourself to start off with because you're nervous, you're speaking too quick, you don't like your body language, you're not actually seeing the real version of you. And then, of course, what tends to happen is when we look in the mirror, we actually see a different version of our face <laughs> to you know what we're used to seeing on camera because of the way that it, it um, reverses us. And, yeah. and the same as in photos, you know, a photo is a moment in time. You either have a good or a bad photo. Video is made up of thousands of photos pushed together. So there is this huge problem with people not wanting to get in front of a camera. Not so much to the younger generation because they're used to it. 
and really the thing yeah the, <laughs> the thing that um, i was just doing a selfie pose there for <laughs> the thing that um gets you over it is I, I, before we came on this call david you asked me what video i just promoted and it was a video about someone called dr disrespect yeah who is a youtuber he's a twitch streamer right but he, he's a caricature of um so he's got a bit of a freddie mercury mustache he's really kind of obnoxious dresses 80s and so on but it occurred to me that for anyone who struggles with getting in front of the camera, you need to make yourself a caricature, not in the same way that he does. So when I get in front of the camera, I'm Ed, the presenter. I'm not Ed Lawrence, the, the regular person. Thank it's a different goodness. version of myself. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> freaky, right? But if you say like, there's, there's camera me and then there's real me, it's almost like you make a caricature of yourself and you separate yourself and you start to relax and it's like, Camera version of me can do that. That's 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 the part. You know, that's their character. That's their persona. Um, of course, I'm not going to be as loud and excited and happy about everything as the camera version of me. But I don't need to worry about what I look like because it's not me. It's the camera version of me. It was really weird. A few weeks later, I was watching a video and basically this Doctor Disrespect was talking about how he did struggle with camera and how that having this caricature was his way to do it without worrying about what he looked like because. It's not him. It's the character, like Borat, you know? No one blames Sasha Baron Cohen, but Borat gets all the blame, even though we know it's Sasha Baron Cohen. I think Sasha Baron Cohen's probably had his fair share of hate. Oh, yeah, he gets it. But do you know what I mean? The people who get it, it's like there is, there's a clear difference. Yeah. We know that that, and, and you can do that to help yourself get over it and just go, look, I'm going to make this version of me that's close to me. Yeah. But uh, it takes some of the strain off. And there is something to be said about being effectively an actor in sales you know we need to understand our audience we need to you know perform in a way that our audience is going to uh, you know like and and the sort of thing that they're looking for and you know we need to deliver that authentic performance that is structured in such a way that we get the right results so i think there is something to be said about becoming more of an actor uh, in that's sales. exactly it i think you're right most sales people do become a version of themselves when they sell not necessarily them. They are putting on this almost show, show business. And I think that's, that's one of the things that will help people get over, you know, this is what I look like. And there's yeah. this real insecurity. And, you know, once you've done it for a while, you get used to it. You got to the stage of me where I went past, too far past that and stopped shaving and doing my hair to the point where I was like, I need to take a good look, hard, good, hard look <laughs> at myself because I'm so unbothered about what I look like now. <laughs> <laughs> that it's gone the wrong way. But yeah, the practice, getting used to seeing yourself, lighting yourself, making yourself look basically better and cooler with the, these effects, um, you'll, be, you'll want to show it off. Nice. Video has been around for a long time, and yet most of us are uh, not even at the table yet. We might have dabbled a little bit. Perhaps we've had a starter, but we're certainly not digging into the main course of video. Anyone out there thinking, what's for dessert? <laughs> what's the future of video? Uh, going to be, do you think? The future video is going to be where it's been for the last 10 years, I think. It will be people telling you you have to use it and a very small percent of people doing it well. A lot of people trying and giving up quickly. <laughs> it's, it's got the outlook's positive. I mean, you know... It, <laughs> so don't hold back, yeah, don't hold no, back. No, I know. Well, it's, you know, I have to be honest. It's, it's when I got into production, it was like, oh, you know, everyone needs video. And it's like, yeah, you know, six years later it's still the same thing. Everyone needs it and no one's really getting it because it's hard. And it's like most things, you know, the, the future is the people who want to put the effort in will get the results yeah. and who 
can stick with it and be consistent and roll with the bad times. But I'd say, you know, for me, this is all about making things more personal now yeah. because social media, uh, you know, email, whatever, wherever you're communicating, you're just another message bombarding people. And it's so crowded. You're almost better off these days putting a message up in the local news agents and you have more chance of it getting seen. Because so, it's different and people aren't necessarily looking for that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, there's just there's just less competition. So for me, it's like, well, forget the mass audience, focus on a handful of the right people, mm. put your time and effort in, use video to give that in-person feel. You know, there's body language, there's all sorts of things going into play. Mm. Even Even a simple trick I have is, my email signature's just got a meet me video in the bottom, a little image. There's meet Ed, the click button, like a play button on it. You click it and you get to, yeah, it's nothing businessy at all. It's just like, you know, this is why I got into production, my hobbies sort of thing. Most viewed videos on our website are, are meet us, the personal ones, because people gravitate towards them because they don't want to watch, you know, stuffy corporate stuff. So yeah. I, just, I had this image of your email signature saying meet Ed and then it just clicks through some sort of Tinder profile or something like that. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's how I met my girlfriend, so I've changed it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, 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 for me, that's the future. Other people might disagree. There's all talks of interactive video, but there's just tons of gimmicks. At the end of the day, it's communication. Yeah. Nothing's changed. It's been the same as since and, when it started. And what we're talking about today is how do we use video to maximize sales success? Um, and actually, you've described something that's very simple. Use the video format to deliver personal messages to key customers and key prospects to win more business in that personal approach, right? Yep, that's it. I mean, one of the best examples of this is when you complain to a company, mm-hmm. you, know, you call up and it's like, oh, no. I have to wait for ages and so on. And then you're met by someone who has done nothing wrong, but you're just annoyed about something. Try being annoyed on that scale with someone that whose face you've seen, who you feel like you know, it's hard. I've tried. <laughs> it's, it really does. It, you know, if you've got a problem and it's not going all swimmingly well, the tone is different to if they've never seen you because you're not just a voice on the end of the phone. You're someone they've built a bond with. It's time for the Camcast Killer Question. So this is the part of the show, Ed, where we ask our guests to pose a question to our listeners that will get them really thinking about how they can in this case, you use video to maximize sales success. Uh, so Ed, it's over to you. What is your killer question? So we already spoke about how, you know, image is, is very important and the world has changed. You know, I can't see video calls going anywhere or, or video. Uh, so what are you doing to bring your communication with video up to the same standard as the rest of your branding and the way that you communicate? Great question. So what are you doing to bring your video up to the same standard as everything else in your branding and the way that you communicate? Yeah, or even better. Do you know what I mean? Even better if you can. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. There's been some really useful, not just insights, but some practical tips for implementing some new technology or even just upgrading your technology so that your image on video is far more professional in alignment with your brand really gets that one-to-one outreach to maximize your success in sales and account management. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Ed, if people want to get in touch or see more of you, I'm using that language because of course we're talking about video, but if they want to see more of you, where can they find you? If you go head over to businessfilmbooth.com, click on about, you'll see those meet me videos we were talking about. 
otherwise our youtube channel is probably the best place to send you if you want to learn how to do all this stuff it's, it's all there um there is a free course on our website it's 96 videos teach you how to make videos promote them and so on um, or go to youtube.com forward slash business film booth online because for some reason business film booth was taken <laughs> not sure how that happened somewhere else <laughs> ed thank you so much uh it's been a pleasure thanks david So a huge thank you to Ed from Business Film Booth there for giving us his insights into why video shouldn't just be seen as a marketing tool, but rather a hugely valuable approach for sales and account management teams who are looking to build relationships and win more business in this remote world. If you're new to making video content, it's so important that you put the hard graft in to getting the systems and processes set up from the outset saving you time in the long run so that you can create more content and add more value to your customer network. I love the idea of personalized one-view videos designed to speak directly to a single client, really showing them how much you care about their custom. With many of us having a huge fear or a dislike of how we look on camera, breaking through that feeling and embracing creating video will give way to the opportunity to really maximize your success with your key accounts. Don't forget to check out the show notes at camguru.com forward slash podcast for any of the links mentioned on the show. Coming soon on Camcast, I'll be talking to Alex Raymond, the chief executive of CAPTA, the key account management enablement tool, about how to get the best from your CRM and why so many account managers commit one of the seven deadly sins using the wrong systems. Thank you for listening to this episode of Camcast, a podcast brought to you by camguru.com, one of the UK's leading key account management consulting and training organizations. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with your connections, giving us a review on your chosen podcast app and letting us know what else you'd like to hear in an upcoming episode. You can find the show notes for this episode on the website at camguru.com forward slash podcast.